Hey, what's going on, everyone? Yo, yo. Today is September 3rd. Yes, sir. And it's episode 75. 75. That's right. And we are, well, first of all, I'm Eddie. This is Marcus. And we are the Average Sports Guys. This is the Average Sports Guys podcast. We're down to Adam today. He yep. had some stuff to do with his family, which, you know, we never uh, get in the way of that. We understand. For sure. Um, but we still wanted to do the show today, reason being um, final rosters were shaped and formed and all that type of stuff. I believe it was, what, Tuesday by 4.30? Yes, sir. to get down to the final 53, so... Uh, Marcus and I will kind of quickly go through that. I'm not going to go through every single person that was cut nah. <laughs> um, from Washington, but there were some notable cuts and then there were some, some players that made the team that I was a little surprised with. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just give my quick two cents about that. Um, there's some stuff, uh, from around the league that we'll discuss. Um, and why don't we start with, let me ask you this. Are you familiar with the Bishop Sycamore, uh, that, that high oh, school? Oh, that squad full of like 18, 19, 21-year-olds with the yeah. fake school, got a couple of criminals on the squad. And, right. Yeah. And they got smoked by a legit high school team. It was team. like 53 to nothing. It was 53 to nothing. And then they lied about them having, uh, what, uh, Top 100 recruits, yeah, uh, and you know, got that primetime game with ESPN. They that was crazy. Up, they straight up catfished <laughs> and fleeced ESPN. Like Disney, y'all need to get y'all lives together. Like, how did your team not do your research? Is this was this like a an intern project that you just let them run the the whole like organization of the broadcast? Like, I don't understand. Right. Like, you, did you let them produce this? And they didn't, they didn't do a quick Google search. Like, I don't understand. Cause it's a non-existent high school. Right. Yeah. And so apparently, apparently they only meet like <laughs> once a year. Right. And it's like at a library or, or whatever. Yeah. And so they were, I guess they had, um, Somebody had interviewed a, a, a guy who played back in, I guess, 2018 when the school first like popped up or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and he was saying that he had lost his junior year because he transferred to that school. Right. And uh, like apparently they had like a website, I guess, no longer exists, whatever. But right. They had like a website and everything. So this kid said that he had transferred to that school with like promise of, you know, getting, you know, playing top talent around the country. Right. And, and, and all this type of stuff. And then ended up uh, losing a year of school. So he had to redo his junior year when he transferred back to like a legitimate school. Right. Um, it just like. On the surface level, it's funny, right? In the mm-hmm. sense that ESPN, like, got <laughs> finessed, you know. And it's like, it's like you said, just like a quick search, your 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 due diligence. <laughs> and the part that's also embarrassing too is if these cats aren't even really in high school, most of them, right? They're like, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and they were getting smoked, getting the by high school players, and they yeah. were saying some of them are like former, like junior college um, football players and, and, right. and things like that. And then, yeah, they were talking about how they, um, some of them had you know criminal records, and mm-hmm. you know, like there was always fights and and all that type of stuff. And crazy. They were like stealing food to to eat, eat and it yeah, was it's crazy. For me, it's hold on. There's breaking news. Cam Newton just got signed by uh, Bishop Ooh. Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well, right? Because at the end of the day, it goes to show you that 
anybody can get got, right? Like, if you put on a good enough face, you can find your way in front of a camera. Yeah. And obviously, Bishop Sycamore, which is like, it sounds halfway legit. Yeah. But it's and they're all, out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, or something. Like something that. crazy like that. It sounds halfway legit, but at the same time, wouldn't you think? You know, as a personality, as a commentator doing, you know, the the broadcast of the actual event, like right before or even lead, weeks leading up to that you would obviously research and try to figure out more about this squad. And obviously these guys had next to nothing, if anything at all. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't there be some type of conversation or dialogue like we really don't know nothing about these dudes? And they were even saying during the broadcast they say they have six, you know, top notch, top one hundred recruits. Well, and, who who right, are they? Exactly, who are they? And then you know, we, they say they do. We don't. We can't verify that. And they said that on the broadcast. So I'm just sitting here like, you guys still went through with it, even though you knew there was no legit information on this squad. Right. Yeah, and and apparently even the broadcasters were saying like, <laughs> I don't think this team even belongs on the field, right? Because they were getting smoked. <laughs> Beat the, the brakes beat off them. It yeah, was bad. Man. So anyway, so I know that. Oh, so it's crazy because obviously ESPN came out and said, you know, oh, that, that was like a bad look basically. But then <laughs> right. re-aired the game. Still aired. Yeah. They re-aired the game I because guess, there's nothing yeah. like uh, <laughs> ratings, right? Like right. People, people who missed it the first time, definitely going to watch it the second time. But, um, but yeah. yeah, so anyway, so into actual NFL news. So Cam Newton was was released by the New England Patriots. Yep. Some, some speculate and say it's because because he wasn't vaccinated and I guess he had missed time mm-hmm. um, in COVID protocols, I, I guess, you know, during camp or something. Right. Uh, obviously we know it was documented last year during the season. Mm-hmm. He, he had missed, what was it the uh, 14 days or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so that's not unusual around the league. We've right. seen other teams release players that, you know, refuse to get the COVID vaccine. Now, do I think that's the singular focus as to why he got released? No, I don't. No. Um, I think it it was clear when they drafted Mac Jones that he was going to be the future. I thought maybe Cam would put together a good enough camp in preseason uh, to kind of solidify maybe um, sticking around for at least the first half of the season. Right. And then maybe transition to a backup role. If, if they like what they were seeing out of Mac Jones, that didn't appear to be the case. So Mac Jones is going to be your starter. Um, I remember watching that first new England preseason game when Mac Jones came in, I hadn't heard, Foxborough that loud <laughs> Gillette Stadium since Tom Brady was there. Yeah, for so sure. and then well, I get it right. Part of part of it is because there really wasn't fans <laughs> in the stands, but still, right. Um, you can tell that the organization, the the fan base, everybody they they are rallying behind Mac Jones. Um, you know, we can make all the jokes we want about Mac Jones. We can have uh, all the, all like say whatever it is we want, you know, one year starter in college, you know, he doesn't have enough experience X, Y, and Z, but I mean, there's definitely some upside to him. Um, I think he throws a pretty decent ball. He does. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he plays when defenses are actually disguising, you know, blitzes in certain packages right. and, and things of that nature. But if there was a coach to get a get a player, a young player ready, um, for all possible scenarios that a defense could throw at him, it would be a Bill Belichick. So, Absolutely. Um, so that that'll you know remain to be seen how how that plays out and if the Cam Newton uh, release you know turns out to be a good thing or a bad thing. Having said that. Is there any team that stands out to you, Marcus, uh, mm. as a possible landing spot for Cam? Ooh, 
or is this pretty much the end of the road? I think this could potentially be the end of the road. I don't have any team necessarily that pops up in my head. I mean, Cam's still going to do Cam things. He can scramble. Um, when he is focused, he can throw a decent ball. Mm-hmm. But um, we shouldn't expect anything more than a backup role at this point. Um, and going back to your previous point, I think not just at the quarterback position, but also around the league, and I've said this before, if your team isn't vaccinated uh, – chances are you're not going to make a deep run or even compete for the playoffs. Um, That's just a fact because at the end of the day, if people are going through COVID protocol and things like that and you're losing, you're missing players and you got to fill in guys with backups and things like that, it becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, I don't think that, like you said, it was the sole factor, but I think it was a significant enough of a factor to where if a guy gets sick, not only is he not available, but he's potentially putting other guys at risk. But going back to your previous point, like I do not, I have no idea where they would, where he could go. I mean, there, I mean, obviously the rumor mill, the rumor mill a little bit. They're just talking like, oh well, the Cowboys should sign him and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, that would make sense because Cooper Rush and uh, Gucci Nucci are they're, they're obviously nowhere near to the level of Dak Prescott is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no idea. What do you have any thoughts on that? So. <sighs> Instantly or uh, immediately when he was released, like a few teams popped up in like in my head. But then I started to think, well, wait, in order for any of that to work, he's going to have to accept being a backup. Right. Um, the, the way he seems to carry and conduct himself, he doesn't seem like he's mentally ready um, or, mm-hmm. or willing to be a backup, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as that's going to be the case, I don't see a team that would sign him over who they have starting now. Right. Um, now, if he was willing to accept a backup role, Dallas does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Texans make a lot of sense. They Cincinnati do. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Jacksonville makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, especially because they sent Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia. Philly. Yep. So so there there are some teams and some places he could go, um, you know, that, that he could be a legitimate backup. And, you know, especially some of those quarterbacks, you know, in, in I shouldn't say injury history, but if you look at Joe Burrows, for example, right. um, example, he, you know, got knocked out last year. And do you even remember who their backup was? No idea. Right. That's my point. <laughs> so they didn't, so they didn't really, you know, have, have much of an impact. Um, you know, so again, it's, it's going to depend on, on himself, but I mean, do, do I think he's done in the league? I mean, I don't think he, could or would ever perform to that MVP caliber um, Cam Newton that we're used to seeing. Yeah, like you said, he still has his legs under him. He can boogie. Um, I thought he threw a few decent passes Mm -hmm. in in, uh, preseason. But again, being such a a veteran, uh, you know, and being in the league as long as he has, and, you know, again, the MVPs and the Pro Bowls and the the Super Bowl appearance, things like that, like we shouldn't be excited that he had – you know, maybe four or five good throws in a preseason, right? Mm-hmm. Against vanilla defenses. Right. So that to me is telling. I think his time, you know, as a dominant player is done. Again, if he's willing to accept the backup role, I could see him playing out another couple of years. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, we're just reporting that he was released. 
um, by the New England Patriots. So, you know, we'll see. The only other thing I had as far as NFL news, and it's not really news so much as it was just rumors, right? So whether I was listening to sports radio, um, you know, looking on the internet, whatever, there's still the Deshaun Watson questions, they, you know, and, and, and rumors and, and it's, it's just simply, does he get traded, right. you know, this season or does he stay put in play? What have you? Um, I'm of the mindset he's not going to get traded. I still think teams are leery of what could potentially be coming down the road right. with, with any sort of suspensions or legal um, uh, issues, you mm-hmm. know, with all those uh, sexual assault allegations. Or, uh, so I think he stays put. That's probably best case scenario. Probably. And then... I would imagine that stuff will get cleared up before the season ends. Once it does, and especially if he plays well this year, then, yeah, I mean, his his trade value is going to be just as high as it was before those allegations came out. And right. I can see, you know, somebody paying a king's ransom. Obviously, things point to Miami, which if, if that's really true, it, it seems like they've really given up on Tua, right. uh, which I think is is kind of absurd. But um, what's your take on, on Watson? Does he stay um, – I guess I'll ask, like, do you think there there be any sort of um, punitive action from from the league based on what's going on? In my head, where where there's smoke, there's fire. Fire. I think that he will um, receive uh, at least, you know, I guess six to ten, maybe a year suspension. Like he's going to be suspended. See, but I figured. I like I almost feel like that would have happened by now because because the NFL they have their own independent investigators too they so do. everything that's going on they still know about and if there was something likely to come down the pipeline I feel like it would have happened That's true. I think they're waiting to I cuz I think the litigation is all civil at this point. Yeah. So and that's I, what I'm saying. So right. if it stays civil then it is what it is. It is what it is and I think they're waiting to see what's going to happen within the media as far as how much of this gets picked up again. Because a lot of people, like we've talked about before, they're legitimately questioning, like, why is this dude still not on the NFL, you know, Roger Goodell exempt list? Like, why is that a thing? Mm -hmm. Um, Which going back to your point where, you know, they have their own independent investigation, you know, section or uh, division of the NFL. Is there anything there? We don't know. But I think at this point in the, in the, investigation and the court trials and everything going on, they're trying to distance themselves as much as possible and just see how it plays out in the media. Um, And also like we've also talked about before within, you know, anything involving, you know, sexual assault or anything like that. um, If the guy, you know, deserves the book thrown at him, if he deserves to pay hundreds of millions of dollars in fines, so be it. Yeah. But um, I think it's a wait and see game, Um, but I wouldn't be surprised based on what the public finds out that they get ahead of the situation and go ahead and suspend them. But like I said, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's still um, a sticky situation. For sure. Again, I think, I think as long as he's eligible to play, I right. think he'll be in, he'll be in um, mm-hmm. uh, Houston. Yep. So, I mean, we'll see now, as far as cuts are concerned, I'll go <laughs> ahead and just kind of run through some of what I got um, uh-huh. from, from Washington. Right. Now, um, there were some surprise cuts, and and that's pretty much all I'll go over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Jeremy Reeves, for example, mm-hmm. Danny Johnson, Jimmy Moreland, Wes Martin. Um, he's he's a guard. 
not too surprising because to me he he hadn't really played up to I guess you know the potential or the expectation I should say right. um, Isaiah Wright he was wide receiver get you know he's pretty much caught up in the numbers game mm-hmm. Antonio Gandy Golden I know um, you heard Adam and I talking about him the last two shows right and what does he have to show or do to um, pretty much make the team right and mm-hmm. I thought he had a solid you know, second and third preseason game. I thought he helped his case. Um, so maybe that's a numbers game there too. Um, but having said that, I, I feel confident in the receivers that we did sign that made the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a total loss there. Um, and then Peyton Barber running back. Um, so now we brought all these cats back onto uh, the practice squad the following day. Mm-hmm. Now Peyton Barber was actually signed today okay. by the Raiders mm-hmm. um, to their 53 man roster. So I wish him all, all the best out there. Um, I know, you know, short, short yardage goal to go situations, you know, I think he'll do well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of what his workload is there. Right. Um, now, as far as some of the people that made the team, uh, so as far as our quarterback, so we we kept three. So we, we got rid of um, Steven mm-hmm. Montez. He signed with is the Lions. Right. Um, but anyway, so Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is QB1. My guess is Heineke is QB2, and then Allen will be the third. Mm-hmm. Um, our running back room, I thought we were going to keep four. We kept three. Antonio uh, Gibson, right. Jarrett Patterson, and J.D. McKissick. Now, with Jarrett Patterson, right, he's undrafted. He's mm-hmm. from PG County. Um, That's friends with Chase Young. And then he made his his uh, hometown team. Um his story is cool, man, and he seems to be very humble seeing some of the stuff that uh, is floating around Twitter, some of the interviews I see with him. Right. Um, and he seems to just be a dog, you know, that just works hard, um, head and eye straightforward type of dude. So I'll be interesting to see, A, what his role is, if mm-hmm. it'll be more a special teams um, thing, and they'll mix him in here and there uh, during the game or, you know, if they have a legitimate um, plan for him. Right. Uh, so we'll see with that. J.D. McKissick, we know what we're getting out of him. Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson. I look for him to have a much better year. He watching him, you know, those limited snaps in preseason, he seems more comfortable running the ball. Right. Um, so I, I expect great things from him. The wide receiver room, uh, we kept the Brown, which we, I mean, he wasn't going anywhere, but, um, um, uh, Brown, Curtis Samuels, uh, Deandre Carter, Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, Dax Milne and Cam Sims. So now Dax Milne, mm-hmm. um, I kind of assumed, you, you know, you heard Adam and I talking about him. I kind of assumed he'd be a practice squad guy, um, mm-hmm. but uh, my guess is he showed enough and put enough on film that if we put him on the practice squad, somebody mm-hmm. else would have signed him. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not mad at that. He'll probably, you know, be a big special teams contributor uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Sims, happy he made the roster. I think he gives you that big body um, and more um, security than I think AGG would yeah. have, you mm-hmm. know, and so maybe that's why they, they went in that direction. Tight ends, uh, Logan Thomas, obviously, uh, John Bates, we just drafted, and then Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, and then to to round off the tight end room, Sammy Reyes, he was the international player mm-hmm. that we signed. Um, again, another thing with him, I mean, the kid never played football until he started going to OTAs. Right. Um, I didn't see a ton from him uh, while he was – 
you know, limited snaps during preseason. I did see a little bit. Um, maybe, again, with him, another special teams guy, uh, while he's still learning the position, learning the game of football, um, I thought he showed well, you know, uh, the decent decent hands, decent route running, big body, mm-hmm. um, blocks well. So so I think I think there's definite upside for him. I'm happy he made the team. Even listening to him, um, there was a he had a press conference the other day right. and I had retweeted, you know, one of the clips that he had from there and he was like he's he's very aware of the opportunity that he has made for himself. Mm-hmm. Like he was saying, just like an NFL helmet cost you know, just as much or, or more than it, it does to send like a kid to school back in, in, in his country. So absolutely. Um, very humble dude. You can't, can't help, but, but root for him. I wish him all the best. Again, it'll be interesting to see again, what their plan is for him and, mm-hmm. and how he develops and comes along. Um, offensive line, there's a bunch of them. I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else that stood out. Troy Apke, um, actually was a safety and got he's listed as a corner now so he's as ron rivera said probably one of the best special teams players in the league i mean the dude can fly Mm -hmm. um but yeah so they have him listed as a corner that was a head scratcher i know washington washington twitter went nuts when he made the team as they were saying he made the team over jimmy moreland that type of stuff to me i think they're different type of players Mm -hmm. um so it, it probably was not all that. So it'll be interesting again for him to see what plan they have for him or if he is just going to be your special teams, you know, guru. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny. Somebody had posted on Twitter because, uh-huh. he's you know, Troy Apke's a white dude, right? Yeah, he so, is. So they posted a picture and it was like uh, Troy Apke is officially the first white uh, corner. corner. Yeah, in, and like in, how many years? In the league since 2002. I said that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I was dying. Hilarious. And then so the comment, somebody had posted a video, you know, the white dude that was in the um, in the step line. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot uh. which HBCU it was, but, you know, he was getting down. Oh, right. So they so they had posted that video in the comment like like uh-huh. that was Troy Apke. So anyway, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, linebacking core to me is a little suspect. Um, hopefully Jamin Davis, you know, our, our first round pick comes, comes along Mm -hmm. and just plays football, doesn't overthink anything. Hopefully the game's not too big for him. Um, I think, I think he'll settle in nicely. Um, and just going down the list, nothing else really, you know, pops out at me per se. Um, as far as folks that, that made, made the final roster. So, I mean, really at the end of the day, I don't get too wrapped up in certain players. I know it's hard because like you root for the team. So, you know, you find yourself liking these, these players. And so when they get released or, or whatever, like you start thinking like, man, they made plays for us, you know, during this time and this time and this time, and they still got cut. But again, I still trust the coaching staff and they're there with them every day. You know, we're, we're getting regurgitated information um, via whatever source it is, whether it's radio, you know, TV, podcast, uh, Twitter, whatever. Um, But we're not there in person. We're not in those meeting rooms. We're not, you know, on the field with them. We're not, you know, so I, I just trust what Ron Rivera and company are doing. um, And I just look forward to week one, you know, starting, but um yeah, let's kick it over to Philly, man. What do you got going on over there? So before I get into anything, I love the fact that you just brought up trusting coaching, right? And there's been a huge question. I don't know if I trust your coach. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Now nah, you're good. Like, and that's the thing, right? So, you know, typically with like top tier head coaches, um, 
their biggest thing is establishing, you know, a positive culture, you know, moving towards a specific goal, obviously, of winning a Super Bowl. And I watched uh, Nick Sirianni's interview on um, Good Morning Football on Mm -hmm. the NFL Network. And everything that he said made me believe in this man a little bit more. So he talked about, you know, the core values of, you know, what he likes to bring into the Eagles organization. So he talked about connecting, competing, accountability, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. So it's one thing to talk about culture and then just use that, but it's another thing to specifically outline and give specifics at what you're focusing on within the film room, on the field, and within the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to start off by talking about, you know, the roster or whatnot, but he also talked about, you know, Jalen Hurts, right? You know, there's a huge question mark above his head as well. Um, And one thing that he honestly said was, you know, he checks all the boxes. He's talented, he's tough, he has high character. And he really focused in that interview on the spirit of competition. Like everybody Mm -hmm. rips on him for the whole RPS thing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, when you're down, what, uh, 15, 21 points in a game, are you going to give up or are you going to keep competing, right? And mm-hmm. those are the type of guys you want to keep in your locker room. Right. He's really about, you know, the spirit of competition. And, you know, going deeper into, you know, the interview, he was talking about when he met Gardner Minshew, right? And, like, he actually, you know, interviewed him mm-hmm. uh, prior to him getting drafted by the Jags. And he brought him in to the – he was with the Colts at, the, at that time. or And he was, you know – took them outside and they played basketball. They played horse. Mm -hmm. So it got to the point where the game got so competitive. Gardner Minshew took his shirt off. He was like, Hey man, you cool if I take my shirt off? Cause it's getting, (laughs) it's getting hot in here. So yeah. So it's like, you can, you can learn a lot about a player just by, you know, through by playing different games, going through competition, things like that. And figuring out if he fits, you know, your core values and, and where you would like to go. So, Based on that interview, I'm actually pretty much sold on Nick Sirianni. I just I just can't wait for week one against the Falcons. But going back to what we were originally going to talk about, so let's talk about, you know, significant cuts. So Richard Rodgers is gone, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they'll bring him back at some point. I don't know. But going back to that 2019 season where, uh, where Carson Wentz led us to the playoffs, you know, it was on the back of guys like, Richard Rodgers, you know, because we were that small at tight end, receiver, things of that nature. Because mm-hmm. um, Zach Ertz got got walloped that game, mm-hmm. and he had that back injury. I mean, eventually ended up coming back in, but while he was out, it was Richard Rodgers that was carrying the squad and making all the catches. Um, Blake Countess was put on IR. Um, Ty McGill, Ty McGill was event was cut, but he was uh, put on the brought back and put on the uh, reserve COVID list. Um, a bunch of guys were cut. So Grayland Arland, Grayland Arnold, um, Koyote Awosika. I don't know who that is. Yeah, there's starting to be some names in the league. Like, you don't even it's know. Hard to, it's Crazy. Hard to so guys like, all right, so LaRaven Clark. So he was in competition f- with Andre Diller for the number two tackle spot. Okay. Obviously, Andre Diller did win that spot. So LaRaven Clark actually got signed to the practice squad. Another surprising cut, Jordan Howard, dude. They cut that man. Yeah. That blew my mind. Um, Philadelphia Eagles fan base, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook went nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, they were upset about it. 
But if you think about it and you're minding your cap space and things like that, sometimes it's better to cut and sign versus to keep a guy on the active roster and knowing that nobody's going to pick him up. Um, so he was eventually signed to the practice squad. Um, other cuts that made the practice squad, Michael Jaquette, Craig James, Elijah Riley, who was a safety, um, Jacoby Stevens, Raquan Williams, and Travis Fulgham is another surprise mm-hmm. cut because guess who is still on the active freaking roster? <laughs> JJ <laughs> or Sega Whiteside. And the actual play that earned him that spot was that back shoulder-ish throw by Joe Flacco that he caught against the the Jets or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he broke two tackles to make it into the end zone. And again, Philadelphia Twitter went nuts. They were like, wait, a, a JJ signing? Like, is this actually a thing? We thought this man was still on the sideline with the umbrella with his mother. Mm-hmm. Chilling. Um, <laughs> now, here's the thing. I'm not mad at that roster spot uh, selection because of the fact that John Hightower and Travis Fulgham weren't consistent enough. So you mm-hmm. have to go with the guy who actually performs when, you know, the pressure is on. JJ did that. Now, is he going to get a ton of snaps? Probably not. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. So moving into the actual 53-man roster, I'm going to start from the top. So like everybody, and I think that's the trend this year with COVID protocol and everything is keeping three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have obviously Jalen Hurts, number one, Flacco, number two, traded for Gardner Minshew. So thinking about that trade, we traded a conditional sixth pick for Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. It turns into a fifth if he plays three games uh, and 50% of the snaps within those three games or something like that. Oh, okay. So, I mean, obviously, fifth and sixth round picks, you're not really too worried about that. And it's mm. a good pickup, and it's a legit depth move. And why did I talk about the interview? That's why there's a relationship there between Nick Sirianni and Gardner Minshew, right? Um, Kenny Gainwell, I'm super excited about this kid. He has the best hands in the running back locker room. Miles Sanders said it. Um, and you can line him up as a receiver. He does get busy. He's small. He gets skinny behind the offensive line. Like, what more can I say about this kid? Memphis running back, they get busy. Um, Boston Scott is also on the squad for uh, that complete our running back room. We got three running backs. So wide receivers, J.J., Rager, Devontae Smith, Greg Ward, and Quez, Wanske, Quez Watkins. Honestly, I'm not mad at our wide receiver core at all, especially with the leadership of Devontae Smith and how he's able to separate Mm-hmm. Um, I expect a bigger year for Jalen Rager. He's he's definitely stepped up since he got reamed by Nick Sirianni in camp, um, and he's made some spectacular catches. I'm excited to see him take another step forward. We carried four tight ends. Two of them are on IR, so that's Tyree Jackson, who got that back injury, mm-hmm. um, and Jack Stoll, who also got an injury. But our two main tight ends, obviously, are Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So Dallas Goddard was also in talks of being traded to Minnesota. Like, that was an actual thing. But, um, obviously, they didn't like the compensation, so they just just moved on. Mm -hmm. But um, moving on to the O-line, obviously, Brandon Brooks, Landon Dickerson, who was activated um, off of IR. So he will be available sometime in the near future. I don't think he's going to start week one. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to wait till week three, week four before you see him. Right. Um, But I am excited for him to play left guard. Um, to shore up, not that our offensive line is trash, because obviously it's not with everybody healthy. Um, Isaac uh, Isaac Ciamalo has that spot right now, but with Landon Dickerson, it's going to be that much better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and last time I saw an interview with Jalen Hurts, and they were talking about, you know, the offensive line. The kid smiled. He was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be straight. Like, I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. And I think that's where his presence within the pocket comes from. He knows that he's going to have that security um, because his feet have gone down a lot when he ha- was sitting back and throwing for the limited amount of snaps that he actually did play. Moving on to the defense. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Before I do that, Jordan Mailata, starting left tackle, big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he came through that um, that program from the NFL uh, for foreign pay- foreign players, whatnot, worked his yeah. way through the ranks. Yep, um, good for him. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, former rugby, pl- former rugby player turned uh, offensive tackle. Great story. Um, defense, you got defensive ends. Obviously, your usual Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham. I'm looking for Josh Sweat to step up. He's been doing well all camp. Um, I anticipate him getting more snaps than the usual. But as far as our defensive ends are concerned, even with the help of Ryan Kerrigan on third down, we're definitely de- definitely going to be formidable. Um, Javon Hargrave obviously made the squad. He's been hellacious all camp mm-hmm. alongside Fletcher Cox. Milton Williams, who played a lot of defensive end during preseason. Um, he was, well, officially on the depth chart, he is a uh, defensive tackle. But um, even though he didn't flash as much as I would like him to, he did draw a significant amount of penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, definitely look at his tape from Louisiana Tech. Um, Hassan Ridgeway was originally cut, but with a lot of the IR and moves and releases that have been going on over the past few days, he's definitely in the defensive tackle room right now. Linebackers, it's better, but it's not perfect. Um, TJ Edwards, I like where he's going. Gennard Avery, Sean Bradley, Alex Singleton, who's a ball hawk, who has spent a ton of time studying tape, and he has been filling caps a lot better. Um, I'm actually interested to see how much playing time Davion Taylor gets. So he was our third-round pick from last year from Colorado, who has a lot of good instincts. It's just him trusting his eyes was the biggest issue. He was late to react a lot. So I'm interested to see him. Um, take a step forward, and obviously our acquisition from the Vikings and Eric Wilson. Cornerback, obviously Avante Maddox, slot. Um, Zach McPherson is behind him. I'm interested to see if he can eventually uh, get more playing time and take over that slot spot over Avante Maddox. Steven Nelson on the outside, Darius Slay on the other side. Um, safeties, obviously Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris. Rodney McLeod was activated as well. Okay. I'm excited. So he should be good to go for week one because he tore his ACL um, in December, last December. Mm, yeah. And another guy to watch out for, this guy, Aaron Sispas or Sipas. I don't know how to say his last name, whatever. That kid can punt. Mm. And he's all, he has a good, uh, he has a really good foot. So he also can kick off if uh, Jake Elliott goes down. So um, I'm excited to see this guy pin people deep. Overall, um, going back to the actual squad, I am very confident and I think we're going to upset a lot of teams. I also think that if you look at the history of the Eagles and their coaching staff over the past decade, when was there not a coach that actually took the Eagles to the playoffs? There wasn't one. Um, even all the way the, back to the Chip Kelly's like, mm-hmm. obviously before that Andy Reid, but we get to the playoffs. And um, I think Jeff Lurie knows football. 
unlike some coaches, or not some coaches, some owners in our division, like uh, Jerry Jones. That's another story <laughs> for another day. But um, he, they're real, our front office is really good at bringing in talented head coach because um, we either make it to the playoffs or get into the Super Bowl. So I'm not worried about the coaching as much as I'm worried about ex- execution, just with question marks with Jalen Hurts, but I think he's going to be fine. Overall, um, Eagles are going to surprise a lot of teams. And then last but not least, if you think about strength of schedule, I think we have the easiest schedule in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it worked out. But and in the end, I think that we're going to put up great numbers, do well, and we're going to be good to go. So what's your, what's your overall realistic expectation for the team this year? If we don't get nine wins, it's a failure. You think so? Uh, I think we can get nine wins. Um, I'm predicting 10 and seven, but I think we can get nine wins. Um, but that's, that's all around health, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, I've said it before, um, COVID, who's vaccinated versus who's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our biggest issue will be um, health. It's always been, I mean, Novacare complex, guys get injured. But if guys can remain healthy, there's no reason why we shouldn't get at least nine wins. Hmm. Yeah, so I still had you guys around that probably like six win mm-hmm. mark. And so there was a lot of determining factors, right? You right. guys have a lot of new faces mm-hmm. to include the head coach. The whole entire scheme is different. Right. Uh, year two for Hertz, but uh, realistically year one, as far as him like starting, starting, starting. Um, yeah. So there's a lot to, to be seen from there. Clearly the organization is going to have high expectations for him um, as well. They should because they pretty much moved Carson Wentz out of town. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't say just for him, but basically, you know, Hey kid, here's the keys to the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be the expectation for him to come out of the gate, you know, playing well. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I still haven't quite figured out what direction your offense is going to go in, meaning is it going to be a pass heavy, like air raid type of thing, or is it, is it going to be more balanced or is it going to be run heavy? Because you guys have had times where you've been run heavy because you have the different horses to do it. Um, and it's effective. Now, clearly situations dictate certain things. Um, I think those of us that follow football, even from a casual standpoint understand if you're up yeah you can control the clock by running the ball Mm -hmm. and if you're down you know you're gonna have to throw it so that that notwithstanding uh, what do you feel or 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 what have you learned as far as what you think that offense is gonna be I think it's balanced leaning towards run heavy okay just because this is another year I mean this is another year with Miles Sanders as your leading running back um and like you said, the guys that we have in the running back room behind him with Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, I think we're going to lean on the run, especially when we have a older offensive line and with offensive lines like ours, even though they're really good, like we got at least, what, three future Hall of Famers on that line. Um, the more you can get them moving forward versus backward helps when it comes to a 17-game season, mm-hmm. right? So I think – Start at least starting off the season, it's going to be run, 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 especially when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts where the RPO is your offense, essentially. Um, so when you have that type of quarterback that can boogie on top of make decent throws, um, and our goal is for him to be a little bit more consistent, I think that running is definitely going to be 
the focal point of this offense. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Yeah, I um, that was one thing I was trying to you know in in the limited you know Eagles stuff that right. I that I watched this preseason was, mm-hmm. was just trying to see what kind of stood stood out to me as far as okay I could see him trying to establish this as the identity of their offense, mm-hmm. um, but it. I wasn't able to pinpoint it. So to me, it was more of a balanced attack. So, right. you know, um, clearly nothing wrong with that. Um, now, switching gears real quick before we wrap up the show. Did you did you by any chance watch that Ohio State-Minnesota game last night? No, I did not. Oh, man. So normally, you know me, like unless it's like Virginia Tech or LSU, right. I, I don't really watch like college football. So I had a few minutes yesterday um, when I got home. I think it was like I started watching in the middle of the first quarter. Mm. Um, so Ohio State ended up winning forty-five to thirty-one, oh, wow. but Minnesota kept it close. Like they were just trading trading scores for for a while. That quarterback um, C.J. Stroud for Ohio State, oh, yeah. like he looks like he's going to be pretty legit. It was like his first start, and it was against a Minnesota versus like a lesser team, mm-hmm. and he he ended up ended. Everything with uh, he was thirteen to twenty two, two hundred ninety four yards, four tutties, and an interception. Ooh, let's go! Yeah, so I thought he played well. I mean, he obviously had some shaky uh, spots, which I mean, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But but I thought overall a solid performance. Now their receiver um, Olave, that mm-hmm. kid is burner? legit. Yeah, he is so legit. He had one. He caught the ball, was. Up the right side, mm-hmm. heading to the sideline. And from the camera angle, it looked like he was going to step out because he didn't want that smoke. Mm-hmm. He, like, paused. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I shouldn't say paused because he didn't come to a complete stop. But he, like, his foot was close to the edge. Uh-huh. Slowed down just enough for his blocker to come take old boy out. And, he, and then he just shot that off awareness. into the end zone. Man, that dude, he is so good. Like, he's, he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. But it's like... He was where he needed to be every time. Right. And he seems to have short hands. So just like watching him play, like that kid is gonna be legit. Like all I kept thinking was seeing him in Burgundy and Gold. <laughs> you know, I think he's like, yeah, he's on he's on he's on the radar. If he stays on the path, uh, and, and that was the first time I'd really seen him or paid attention again for those listening. No, I'm not a huge like college football guy. Um, like I'll I'll check things out here and there. But um, no, he He's going to go to the league, and mm. I see him getting drafted pretty high. Sure. Um, so, no, he, he won't come to Washington. But, uh, but yeah, he he had only four receptions, but 177 yards and, and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I, thought, I thought he was pretty good. Now, from the Minnesota standpoint, like, they're a scrappy team. Yeah. They're, they're a real scrappy team. And their running back, Mohamed um, Ibrahim, mm-hmm. I guess is how you pronounce it, that kid is a beast. Yeah. I, I think he's like a fifth-year senior. Let's but, go. Um, he ended up getting hurt, though. So I, I was trying to look right before we started recording to see what like his actual diagnosis was. He ended up leaving the game in a walking boot. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's an Achilles or something like that. Uh, you just hope it's not too severe to where he's out. Um, yeah, they're still calling or, it a lower leg injury. But yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, but man, he finished the game. Uh, Thirty carries, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. Shoot. And this, he went he out. I want to say it was in the third quarter or fourth quarter. I mean, he was getting after it. Like, of course, he, he and just his stature and everything is like prototypical, like running back. Mm-hmm. And um, 
like it was fun to watch him run. So I wish him all the best. But yeah, for that being like the first college football game that I watched um, this year and and all that, I mean, it was it was it was fun to watch. And then, like I said, trading scores, um, you know, Minnesota had a chance late. And then um, there was one play I want to say to do. Uh, what was his name? Ransom. Mm-hmm. Uh, DB for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. cleaned this dude out, caught the ball across the middle mm. and took one right to the side of the helmet. Let's go. I lift. And it was a fumble recovered by Ohio State. Mm. But even even the broadcaster thought that it would at least be like a targeting or you right. know something like a hit on the defenseless receiver. Now, they didn't end up calling the penalty. I think reason being, because you know in college, mm. if you get hit with like targeting or anything like that, it's automatic ejection. If you get ejected, you can't play the first half of the next game. Right. So I don't think the refs wanted to jam him up in that regard because it wasn't a dirty hit. Like he, he didn't lower – lower his head and hit him with the crown of his head. Like he, he wasn't aiming or, or launching his body. Right. It, it just was like a bang, bang play. Um, but the dude definitely was seeing stars. Like mm. he just went limp, boom, <laughs> like right, right into the ground. And so like, I, like I felt wow. bad for him. He, he ended up getting up, you know what I mean? But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think college should change that where yes, you can get hit with, one of those penalties targeting or, you know, however, whatever language they want to use, but it doesn't necessarily need to carry the suspension. Right. It's kind of like the, right. NFL. I think the, I think, you know, ejection should be enough um, for the most part, because at the end of the day, these are still, in my opinion, amateur athletes that are still learning the game. Yeah. They're I still mean, learning. You're, you know, you're guys get heated, you know, it, they're in, they're in the thick of it. Like I said, I don't, I don't, yeah. The suspension, eh. I think it's more about. Well, what I'm saying is like targeting shouldn't carry an automatic ejection. Oh, okay. Is 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 what I'm saying. Like have like come up with a rule or 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 whatever that that allows you to penalize that player for for hitting the individual in in the head or shoulder area on a defenseless receiver. Right. But and and it's just a penalty. Right. Now Mm -hmm. if 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 the officials feel like it's egregious enough to then eject the player, then go ahead. But then again, the ejection shouldn't then automatically DQ you from the first half of the game. Right. right? All those things. It's, it's, it's like, um, you know, a domino and it shouldn't be that way. Right. It should, it should be a one and done. I agree. Um, yeah. Whatever they decide, you know, figure it out. Like, yeah. Yeah, because even even if, like I said, they they penalize them, okay, it's a penalty, Minnesota keeps the ball, move forward, whatever. Um, and if they thought Deuce should be ejected, okay, he's ejected. But to me, that has no bearing on, on the, the next, next game, game because obviously he know he's gonna he's gonna sit there or be, be in the locker room upset. Like I'm really, I really just cost my team, and now I'm costing my team a first half of the next what? Right. No, stop yeah. it. So I think in that regard is like part of that had to factor in as to why the officials didn't even, mm-hmm. um, you know, throw the flag or even under review they didn't put that under review they just right. challenged or they just reviewed whether it was a catch fumble um but either way it was an entertaining game That's um good. yeah i was excited i'm, I'm gonna watch a virginia tech game tonight mm-hmm. they play north carolina so i'll Let's be, go i'll be excited about that one um, but yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Unless you got any last final thoughts or comments. Um, the, my last thought is, um, Carson Wentz is who we thought he was. Yeah. So, I mean, cocky dude goes to Minnesota. Nothing's really changed as far as the locker room. A lot of the, 
talking heads and a lot of the sports writers out there in Indy are dragging him, um, especially because he, he didn't get the vaccine because um, he's currently in COVID protocol right now. Right, I did see that. So on top of the injury with the foot, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope he plays because we got a conditional second, possibly first tied to it. But it's starting to look a lot of like a like like Carson Wentz prior to leaving Philly. So it's it's a wait and see. I want him to do well because we have a vested interest in it. But I'm also saying I told you so. But that's that's my last thought. Yeah, man, you've come a long way from Ginger Jesus. <laughs> I he mean, was, I, I he th- was your Lord and Savior. Man, I almost made a T-shirt and got a tattoo and all this other stuff. Especially when I went to the game where you know we took the Giants out and basically walked into the playoffs. But I mean, it is what it is. I I, I live and I learn. You know, I get I get older and smarter and wiser every day. So I mean, it's it's in the past. Yeah, man. And then obviously I always say, man, life evolves, things evolve, right? Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, it's like Trent Williams. <laughs> like, like I loved when he was here. I don't right. have any ill will. Like, obviously, like, I feel like the situation between him and the organization soured. Yeah. Um, now clearly like the team suffers in that regard because they mm-hmm. can use his skill set. And then from oh, a fan, sure. from a, from a fan base perspective, like we've never really hated him. I mean, I no, remember being not at pissed all. off at him when he was um, hurting the team because he was getting himself suspended because of uh, smoking weed and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I say all that to say once he finally left and that saga was over, then it is what it is. Like you just wash your hands of the situation. Mm-hmm. He ain't coming back. It's like Ryan Kerrigan for example, right? Yeah. He went to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed that, like, the organization let him go, right. and I was pissed that, you know, he moved on and, and all that stuff, whether it was mutually exclusive or not. Um, but now, like, it is what it is. You got to look forward. Things yep. change. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was just giving you a hard time about Carson Wentz. Hey, no, nah, you're good, for sure. But he, he he definitely seems like he needs to find some some act right real quick. Really quick out Because Navy. he could mess around and get cut and nobody else want to deal with him. Absolutely. So, I, I don't know. You know, because we're not there, right? We're no. just, again, we're just reading what other people are reporting or listening to what they're reporting. Um, but if if that's how he's carrying himself, like, your luck is going to run out. 100%. You know what I mean? So it was like T.O. I still Oof. feel like, though he was getting released at the end, there was a couple teams he could have probably played for. But yep. then he becomes a headache. And do you want to deal with that with a player at this stage of his career with a limited skill set at that point right so uh, yeah. so it then becomes no so for Carson Wentz you're looking at it like wait dude like you've been often injured right you've been given ample opportunity in Philadelphia to to own this thing they get you out of there now you're here with us you got yourself hurt again and this COVID protocol and then you're acting like a dummy so <laughs> I mean yeah there's only but so many chances people are going to give you, especially in a game like this. So um, the best ability is availability and flexibility. So, and if you are not one of those, you find yourself on the outside looking in. Um, But yeah, man, so it's been, it's been fun. Episode 75. Uh, Before we get out of here, I always like to remind you all to please go to our website, AverageSportsGuys.com. All of our podcasts are there. Be sure you like, share, subscribe um, to the podcast. We're, We're any and everywhere you can get your podcast uh, we're also on youtube we're gonna get back to filming here shortly yep. um, but yeah so we look forward to next week and um we'll see you then we're out of here Yo.